Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. If you have made it this far, you know we are talking about fitness today about working out. And maybe you thought about not listening because you're not quite there yet. You're not at a point where you're incorporating movement or fitness into your weekly routine. Or maybe you are and you're totally in a rhythm and you get kind of protective of it. You don't want to change anything. I want to say a couple of things to people who are feeling a little bit apprehensive about this topic for these reasons or really for any reasons. And actually, I think these might be helpful for for everybody, even if you saw this, this title and thought, oh my gosh, I can't wait to listen. The first thing is that fitness should be fun. And if it's not fun for you, I want you to change it so that it is fun for you. That is possible, just like eating foods you love that love you back is possible. At any stage of your journey, whether you're close to your goal or nowhere near it, right? It shouldn't be a chore or a punishment or something that you do to make up for eating. Fitness, movement, exercise, whatever, you should enjoy it. You should feel amazing when you are done. Now, that doesn't mean that you're always like, hoorah about getting up off the couch to get in a workout, but it should be a good part of your day, not the part of your day that you dread and try to talk yourself out of. And that is absolutely, absolutely possible. I talk, I feel like, on almost every episode about how from a food standpoint, you want to eat foods you love that love you back, not just choke down, quote unquote, diet food because you think you should, even though you hate it and you resent it. When you have that approach, whether it is related to food or exercise, you're setting yourself up to feel deprived. You're setting yourself up when it comes to food to overindulge or when it comes to fitness to just skip the workouts altogether and get into a rut of doing nothing, right? We don't want to pull back that misery rubber band, right? Being less and less happy, less and less satisfied, more and more deprived, more and more feeling like it's a punishment because it is likely to snap back in the other direction. And I see this so often, people who do workouts they hate because they force themselves to do it, and then afterwards, they reward themselves with something they do enjoy, like a donut. Oh, well, I I made myself do this thing I didn't want to do, so now I have to give myself something that I do want, and they often reward themselves with food. And I mean, I hate to state the obvious, but that strategy is not sustainable. It's not going to be effective over the long term. Or people who feel like they should work out, so they buy the expensive membership and they have all these elaborate workout plans, but then every day they talk themselves out of it. They don't have time, they don't have the energy, they're not feeling well, their leg hurts, because frankly, they're just not looking forward to it. 
in my uh, one of my courses called Breaking Barriers, I talk about overcoming self-limiting beliefs and things like emotional eating. One of the things we talk about early on in that course is pleasure and pain associations and how we naturally move towards things that bring us pleasure, things we want to do, and we naturally move away from things that bring us pain or things we don't want to do, things that bring us discomfort or frustration. And unfortunately, one of the barriers that most of us have to overcome is that we've spent our lifetimes associating pain and aggravation and missing out and loss and frustration and punishment with things like exercise or eating healthy foods. And then we wonder why we don't follow through on our big elaborate plans for eating healthy and exercise. Our subconscious is running the show most of the time, making most of the decisions for us, and it will always seek pleasure over pain. There is, I promise, there is an activity out there that you will really enjoy. Maybe it's line dancing. Maybe it's jumping rope. Maybe it's swimming. For me, it changes, honestly. Some days it's one thing, some days it's another. Some days I love lifting and I can't wait to get into the gym and lift heavy weights. Other other days I just don't feel like it. So I'm always looking to do something that makes me feel happy and enjoyable, not punished. The second thing, and this is really, really important, is that exercise is not the direct path to fat loss. In fact, it's not even in the top three drivers of results. Seriously, it's not. The number one driver of success in fat loss is actually, whether it's you know weight loss, fat loss, physique improvement, whatever, your perspective, your attitude. If you think you can't, you can't. If you complain about it and resent the process and see it as a punishment, you're going to struggle, right? This is the biggest rocks of big rocks. Going back to, I just mentioned that Breaking Barriers course, I refer to this in Breaking Barriers as your parking brake. You might be trying really hard. Your car, your body might be trying really hard too, but if you have the drag of a crappy perspective or a negative attitude, it is slowing you down and changing that one thing, releasing that parking brake makes everything so much easier. So your attitude or your perspective is number one. Number two, of course, is what you eat, what you put in your mouth. Certainly not just how much you eat, but what you are eating and how it impacts your hormones, those chemical messengers that either allow or disallow fat burning. And it's cliche, but the reason it's cliche is because it's true. You cannot out-exercise a diet that is not a fat loss friendly diet. You just can't. Thinking that you can eat whatever you want and work it off might be effective, although exhausting and miserable, for maintaining your weight, but it is not going to be an effective strategy for fat loss. The number three driver of results in terms of fat loss or improving your physique is lifestyle, specifically and most importantly, stress and sleep. You can hit the gym all day long, but if you aren't rested or you're chronically stressed, you will create a hormonal environment that tells your body you can't burn fat because you need to conserve those resources because your body is at risk, and it is because of your lifestyle. Then we get to exercise, fitness, movement. So it matters, but putting all of your time and energy into movement without having those first three really optimized might not be the best use of your time. And then the third point I want to make for people who are a little bit nervous about this episode is that you get to define what working out means to you, what working out looks like to you. It doesn't mean you need a gym membership. It doesn't mean that you need to get over the discomfort of other people seeing you work out. That's not true. You don't have to ever go to a gym ever. And even if it does 
for you involve a gym membership, it doesn't have to mean group exercise classes or jogging or even 30-minute workouts. It can mean five-minute bursts of movement in your bedroom or in the gym. It could mean dance classes. It could be kayaking. It could be skipping up and down a football field and learning how to skip again, right? If you haven't skipped in the last 20 years, I bet it's going to take you a few minutes to figure it out. It might be fun to have you guys send me videos of that because it would just be, it would be entertaining. <laughs> But whatever you have defined exercise as in your past, it doesn't have to be that. It can be whatever you want it to be. And just like you have to find fat loss friendly foods you love, there is some type of movement or activity out there that you will enjoy and you need to find. I don't like to run. So shock, I usually don't. Every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, it would be beautiful to just go for a short jog. But number one, it's short. Number two, it's a jog. And number three, I only do it if I really feel like it. I don't like to run, so I just don't do it very often. All right. With that backstory in mind, I want to dive into six ways that you can get more from your workouts. And I'm going to start with the most obvious one, and that is get consistent. Get consistent. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. In episode 117 of the podcast, it was the last episode of 2015. It still remains one of the most popular episodes. It's called How to Make 2016 Amazing, but people refer to it as the Do It Anyway podcast. In fact, I've been asking for feedback on um, what the t-shirts for my upcoming Ascend event should say, and Do It Anyway is one of the leading contenders. But you might find that do it anyway and get consistent is opposite of the do what you love message, but it's not, okay? You need to get consistent. And I know many people have fantastic intentions to work out, but then they talk themselves out of it more than they talk themselves into it. Do it anyway. It doesn't mean you have to do what you planned, but if you are not consistent, get consistent. Instead of talking yourself out of going to the gym, talk yourself into a 10-minute sweat session in your living room. Instead of focusing on what you don't want to do, what you don't have time for, ask yourself, what am I willing to do? If I find that I'm not looking to a particular workout I'm supposed to do, say today, I'll ask, okay, well, what am I willing to do? If you say you don't have time today, instead of focusing on the lack of time, what do you have time for? I found myself in this position the other day, and I could have focused on the, the pain I was having in one particular leg or my lack of time. I don't have time. By the time I get to the gym and I do this, and then it's going to be this, and I'm going to be crunched, blah, blah, blah. That's a waste right there. Change it. What do I have time for, right? And I did have time to walk across the street. It's literally... 25 feet from my driveway and do eight uphill sprints. The sprints themselves were less than 20 seconds. And so when you factor in my rest time, I don't know, I was back inside in less than 15 minutes. So I focused on what do I have time for? Being consistent doesn't mean forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do, but it means not focusing on what you can't do or don't want to do and saying, okay, what do I want to do? What do I have time for? What am I willing to do? There will be days when you don't have time, when you aren't in the mood, when you have an injury, when you're traveling, when you are restricted in some way. Great. Fantastic. Figure out what you can do and do that. Do it anyway. It's fine to change your plans, but stop making it so black and white. Either I can do what I plan to do or I can't. That's garbage. It's not black and white. 
Okay, you don't want to do the plan or you can't do the plan. What can you do? Do that. Make that your consistent execution. What can I do? What am I willing to do? What do I have the time or the space or the equipment for? And do it anyway. The second way to get more from your workouts is a tactical strategy. And that is after your workout, go for a walk. Seriously, for as much time or as little time as you have available, go for a walk. Not a huffing, puffing, swinging your arms, track suit, you know, power walk, a leisure walk. And there are a few reasons for this. And I've talked about this in past podcasts. I'm going to hit the highlights right now. But first of all, walking is super good for you and we don't do enough of it. We spend way too much time sitting or standing still. Second, Walking helps to facilitate fat burning. And in episode 39, way back when, I'll link episode 39 up in the show notes over at primalpotential.com, I talk about how fat burning works and why and how walking helps facilitate fat burning. I'll give you the two-minute version here, uh, but definitely check out episode 39. Most people imagine that when we work out or when we eat really clean, that our body just incinerates fat, like poof. And that's not exactly true. Fat burning is actually a complex process with many stages. And if it's interrupted at any one of the stages, well, it's interrupted and we don't complete the fat burning process. So first, you have to have the hormonal conditions present that allow your hormones to signal your body, yep, go ahead and release that stored fat from that cell in which it is living right now. And exercise helps create that state, not without the aid of a fat loss friendly way of eating, but it certainly does help that. So once the fat has been released from cell one, it travels through the blood to cell two where it has to be allowed to enter and then burned. So lots of phases in the process. Exercise, specifically high-intensity workouts, we'll talk about in a second, is great at that first part, creating the conditions for the body to say, yep, release that fat from the cell. But that's just the beginning. From there, anything we can do to optimize blood flow is going to support and encourage the rest of the process, the travel of the fat through the blood to another cell, allowing it to be entered into that other cell and burns, okay? So that's why going for a leisure walk after your workout can help you get more from your workouts because it's going to facilitate that blood flow, the completion of the fat burning process. And then the third reason that we wanna go for a walk is because walking, leisure walking, especially outdoors, lowers cortisol, one of our primary stress hormones, and it also improves mood. And remember that that lifestyle, specifically stress, has a greater influence on our fat burning potential and our physique improvements than working out does on its own. The third way to get more from your workouts is to make them shorter, but more intense. So shorter in duration, but greater in intensity. Many, many people focus on the length of their workouts and give themselves points for longevity. Like I was at the gym for an hour, I was jogging for an hour. And really, it's less about the length of the workout and more about the the intensity of the workout. How hard did you make your body work? That is what is going to give you the greater response, not duration, not duration. In nine cases out of 10, you're going to get more from your workout based on intensity than duration. Let's just use jogging as, a, as an example here. If I tell you that you have to jog for 20 minutes, 
you're going to set out and pace yourself, right? Slow and steady, thinking about conserving your energy so that you can keep moving for a longer period of time. But what if I told you I want you to run for 15 seconds as hard as you can? You have a lot more to give. Your intensity is a lot higher because you're like, it's 15 seconds, right? I don't have to pace myself for 15 seconds the way I do for 20 minutes. So it's going to be a greater stimulus on my body. I know it's super hard to believe that doing eight to 10 all out sprints that might only be 15 seconds in duration and resting in between while you're recovered can be better for fat loss than a 20 minute jog, but it's true. And it's true for a couple of reasons. The first is related to those hormonal signals I was talking about that allow fat to be mobilized or released from the initial cell, right? That first phase of fat burning. That brief, intense burst of movement represents a shock to your body and it elicits an adrenaline response. And that's part of what allows that fat to be released versus the 20 minute slog where your body says, literally, when you do this chronic cardio of like, come on, just keep moving, you know, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it is, your body's response to that is like, whoa, now hold on to those resources because I don't know how long he's going to keep this up and we might need these reserves. Like, when is he going to stop? Right? The second reason that intensity matters is because of something called EPOC, and I've talked about this before, excess post-exercise oxygen consumption. I know that sounds like a mouthful. It's really not. EPOC. So excess, extra, post-exercise, after your workout, oxygen consumption. How much oxygen your body is consuming after the workout is over. I've talked about this in detail in episodes 35 and 160, so I'll link those up, episodes 35 and 160, over on the show notes on primalpotential.com. But basically, this is sort of the, the quick and dirty version. When we do this higher intensity type of workout, the body consumes more oxygen during that short burst than what we actually consume. And that creates something called oxygen debt, oxygen debt. And the beautiful thing about this is that it means your body has to keep working after the workout is over to recover that oxygen debt. And that increases your fat burning potential after the workout is over, whereas lower intensity workouts don't have that afterburn effect. Okay, it's important to remember, too, that intensity is not just about running, because I know when I say sprint, a lot of people are like, no, I can't. My knees, my back, I'm not fast, blah, blah, blah. You can focus on shorter duration, higher intensity in anything, in anything, obviously in running, but also on a stationary bike or on a rowing machine or in the pool doing swimming intervals. You can move faster and bring a higher intensity to any part of of your workout. Instead of the slow and steady approach, you can do the short, I'm going to push myself as hard as I can and either go more intensely or go faster and rest only when I have to catch my breath or let my muscles kind of recover for a second, which is a good lead in into the fourth strategy, which is different, but I bet many of you are already thinking about it. And that is you can get more from your workouts if you go heavier go heavier. If you're lifting weights, lift heavier weights. If you're just doing body weight movements, add weight. And you've heard about me, you've heard about me, you've heard me talk about this in past pod, podcasts, and there's many ways that heavier helps, okay? First of all, getting results from your workouts is a matter of stimulus 
response. The greater the stimulus that you apply, the greater the response your body has to give. If you don't apply much of a stimulus, if the weight is so light that you can easily knock out 20 reps, your body doesn't have to give you much of a response. Think of it in terms of workload, right? You want to give your body a strong workload so that it gets a bigger reaction, so that your body has to work. The second part of this is we want to build muscle. We want to build muscle because it increases our metabolic rate, it improves our hormonal responses, it improves our insulin sensitivity, and anything we can do to improve our insulin sensitivity is going to make us more efficient fat burners. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a highly efficient fat burner. Obviously, it goes without saying Don't be irresponsible and sloppy and just throw around heavy weight without regard to form. Your form matters. So watch high quality videos. That's something that I provide within the Fat Loss Fast Track is tutorial videos on good form because obviously that comes first. So you can get a trainer or you can consider things like the Fat Loss Fast Track to learn how to do that. Um, But don't just waste your time in the gym not applying a stimulus to your body. This is a game of stimulus response. The fifth way to get more from your workouts is to switch the stimulus, to do something different, right? You want your body to respond And if you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, your body's like, yeah, uh uh-huh, I know exactly what this is. No real response needed. I've adapted. I've adjusted. And so part of this is intensity and part of this is weight, but part of it is do something different altogether, right? If you haven't gotten in a pool in a while, add in a swimming workout. And part of this is finding what you love, but the other part of it is switch it up. Keep your body working hard with giving it a stimulus it is not used to. Swimming is a great way to do this. Jumping rope is a great way to do this. If you haven't been on a rowing machine, an ergonomic rower, get on a rowing machine. Use a flight of stairs. One of my favorite things about traveling or being in a hotel is that when I'm home, I only have one flight of stairs, so I don't have a ton of options. But if I'm in a hotel, I know that it's a hugely different stimulus than what I'm used to for me to just climb up 20 flights of stairs to bring my uh, my phone, listen to some music or listen to an audiobook or a podcast and just hike up 20 flights of stairs. It's a very different stimulus and it keeps me engaged so I'm not feeling like my workouts are boring. Look for a different stimulus. Find a big grassy space. Just the other day, um, the, the gym closest to me is closed for renovation. So I was at a different gym and they have a big turf field. And I was like, well, I do sprints kind of regularly anyway, but what do I not usually do? And so I did bear crawls, like on my on my hands and feet, kind of crawling across the turf. It was just a very different stimulus than something I do all that often. So look for opportunities to switch the stimulus. One other thing I've tried recently, just because of the equipment, and since I've moved, having a, having a new gym with different stuff, they have these... Um, They're called vipers, but if you think about it as like a big PVC pipe, like maybe maybe eight inches or 12 inches in diameter. I don't know. I'm I'm a very stereotypical girl and that spatial relations are not my thing. I don't know how big it is, but but it's big Um, and it has handles, but it's filled with water. And so it's a very different stimulus for me to do not only strength because it's it's heavier, um, but it's also not a stable object because the water is moving around. So that's a very different 
stimulus that requires activation of different muscle groups at the same time that I might not get when I'm used to working with a barbell or working with dumbbells or working with kettlebells. So look for ways to switch the stimulus. I have a sandbag at home that I got on Amazon. I'll link it up in the show notes. And that is a very different stimulus than working with a barbell or dumbbells or kettlebells. Uh, Do some yoga. If you haven't done yoga, you don't have to go to a yoga class. You can do it at home. You can Google some good yoga videos, but switch the stimulus. And there's so many different ways to do it. Swim if you don't swim, jump rope, get on the rowing machine, a flight of stairs, a big, large, grassy space, do stability work, a BOSU ball, uh, which you can do for stability with, with squats, with core work. There's so many different things you can do to switch the stimulus, and along the way, you'll probably find some things you really love and enjoy. The last way to get more from your workouts, and it's probably the easiest way if you aren't regularly working out right now, or it seems daunting, or it seems like a lot, and that is to incorporate micro workouts, little tiny bursts of movement throughout your day that you don't have to change your clothes to do. You don't have to go to the gym. Incorporate these little micro bursts of movement, these little micro workouts into your day. If you're feeling bored or tired, you can just get up and do some body weight squats. Or part of my morning routine, and I did a full episode on my morning routine. I'm going to, in fact, make a note right now to put that into the show notes, that episode I did on my morning routine where you can also download my morning routine. But I incorporate movement into that. I do some body weight squats and some push-ups to get my blood flowing and just move. It's not a full-blown workout, but I'm incorporating these micro bursts of movement. And I do it throughout the day when I feel restless, right? Get up every time you check Facebook, do a push-up, do some body weight squats, do a sit-up, do five jumping jacks. I don't care what it is, but incorporate micro bursts of movement into your day. If you're in a bad mood, get on your hands and knees and do 10 push-ups. I recently bought a a wall ball for my house. And if I just feel like, you know, sometimes you're just a little antsy or distracted. What I used to do is go to the fridge. If I just needed a distraction, I'd be like, "Mm, what can I have for a snack? I don't need a snack. I'm not hungry. I'll pick up the wall ball and throw it against my stairs a few times. Do something to just get moving. It doesn't have to be a full workout, right? Jog up and down your steps a couple of times. Do 20 jumping jacks. Do 10 lunges. Whatever it is, just get moving. I want to end with something I said at the very beginning, and that is exercise is not the be-all, end-all here. You cannot use exercise as a tool to make up for a diet that's not fat loss friendly. You cannot use exercise without limits when you don't have your stress and your sleep under control. It will backfire. There is a point of diminishing returns where you're just creating a greater stressor on your body and not doing what you need to do from a diet and lifestyle perspective to allow the exercise to work for you. So this is not the cure-all that you use to you know, atone for your culinary sins, no. That's not what exercise is. It is a way that we take care of ourselves. It's not a way that we punish ourselves, and it's certainly not a way that we offset the food that we eat. 
So hopefully you enjoyed a few of these ideas. I will link up over on the show notes at primalpotential.com. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put the workout equipment that I have at home in case you're looking to pick up a few things so that you can do some more stuff at home. I'm also going to put a few really simple workouts that I like to do at home. I'll make sure that one of them has no equipment at all. So if you're just starting out, you can do it at home with no equipment. Uh, but also a couple that I that I do that are just fun with minimal equipment, especially my jump rope, because I can travel with my jump rope. I'm not going to travel with a kettlebell unless I'm driving. But there's so many things that you can do, and I hope you'll take advantage of some of these resources and ideas. Definitely check out the show notes page over on primalpotential.com for this episode. We will wrap up with what I ate yesterday. I had Greek yogurt first thing in the morning, and uh, I, I did something I don't normally do. I wanted something a little bit sweeter. Typically, if I have Greek yogurt, I will put some raw cacao powder in there, uh, which is like cocoa powder, but it's unsweetened. And yesterday, I wanted something a little bit sweeter, and I was going to be a lot more active yesterday. I went hiking with my sister, and I had a workout at the gym. Um, so I got a Power Crunch bar. Certainly not something I eat on a regular basis because it's it's often too sweet for me, but I crunched that up and put it in my Greek yogurt, and that was what I had first. Uh, after my workout, I just wanted something, and so I had I literally took a cucumber out of the fridge, cut the ends off, and sprinkled some salt on, on both ends. I didn't even bother to cut it, and I just ate it like that and then grabbed a couple of handfuls of cherry tomatoes and, and had those the same way with just a little bit of salt. Lunch was leftover. Oh my gosh, this was so good. It was from the night before. The recipe is now up on the blog. Spaghetti squash primavera with a basil cashew pesto and merguez sausage. And that sounds like something I ordered at a restaurant. I made it myself and it was super easy and it was amazing. And I don't usually do recipes because I'm just not like that. I'm sort of a throw it together and see what works and what doesn't. But it was so amazing. The recipe is now on the blog over at primalpotential.com. You don't want to miss that one. It is so easy and freaking amazing. Uh, So I had leftovers of that in the afternoon. And then after our hike, I went out to dinner with my sister. We shared crispy buffalo Brussels sprouts as an appetizer, and then I got a really huge Cobb salad that was a grilled Cobb salad with grilled chicken. That is what I ate yesterday. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a great day. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall.